I'm going to start out with a little story today. And this story unfolded in the last three weeks of my life. And it started with some labor pains. My wife, Elise, felt like it was happening. And after nine months of carrying our child inside of her, she began to go into labor. And then it stopped. And then we had to wait a couple days, and it started again. And the emotional roller coaster that we went on when it again stopped was pretty intense and pretty heavy. All of that expectation, all of that waiting was hard to relax with. It's like, what is going on? This is uncomfortable. Why isn't it happening? Where's our boy? And then we just kept going and we kept going and it completely took over. And quickly later, we had our second child, our boy, Jude Charles Doty. It was beautiful. It was very intense. It all went down in our house. And since then, we have been holed up in, it feels like a cave, like we're a clan of bears. And it's been dark and musty and safe and warm. It's been a really remarkable couple weeks. And I wanted to share that story for a couple reasons. One, I'm a proud dad. I'm a proud husband. And I also wanted to share it because the emotional roller coaster we went on feels very similar to other parts of my life right now. This week, myself and Aaron Blaine and another guy from New York in the Everyman community are going to be live on the Today Show. And then 10 days later than that, there's going to be a feature article on us in Men's Health Magazine. And I encourage you to watch the show and read the article, and we'll certainly be talking about it. But the connection I want to make is that building this company and starting this movement and this podcast and everything that we're doing has felt very much similar to the birth process. We put in a lot of work. We've fostered this. We've fed it. And I want to shout out to our team, Lucas Crump, Owen Marcus, Sasha Lewis, Dan McCombie, Andrew Kippen. Ebenezer Bond, Aaron Blaine, all you others that I'm not remembering right now. We've done this together. And the mo- there was a moment during the birth where the midwives came in and they just said, Baby's here! <laughs> Baby is here! Meaning it was it was happening. It's, there was no turning back. And uh, maybe we're there right now with every man. You know, we're going on national TV and we're moving forward. And I don't think it's an accident that I have two sons now. I don't feel like the work that I and my team and this entire community are doing, that's not lost on me that I'm a father of two young boys that have a future to grow into. I've been thinking a lot about past, present, and future. I think about my dad and his life and his generation. I think about where we are right now and what we're doing to stand up and change how we address living in this world as a man and I'm looking at the future imagining possibilities where things are healthier and more stable and we have basic needs taken care of that include human connection a future where our humanity our humanness is addressed and paid attention to and given what it needs to be okay I'm very hopeful I'm very optimistic I'm also scared I look at the future And it is pretty wild. I mean, things are wild right now. How could they get more? But they will. I'm sure they will. And so as my boys grow up, I'm doing everything I can to get ahead 
and provide them with the tools and the skills and the experiences and the connections and the love that they need to be men in the future. And so I'm really excited to introduce our guest today because I feel like Mark Devine is an incredible example of what I would call a transition of manliness. Mark Devine was a Navy SEAL, the commander of the Navy SEALs. He ran BUDS training. He was incredibly successful in his military career. And then he moved on and became incredibly successful in the civilian world and in his career after that. He's the founder of Unbeatable Mind, the author of the book by the same name. He's created Kokoro Yoga. And he's the founder of Seal Fit, which is a badass physical training program. In my opinion, Mark's one of the most balanced men that I've met. And I don't know him personally very well. It's not like I've spent a lot of time with him, but I believe in this one-hour conversation he and I had, I got a good sense of where he's coming from and what is meaningful to him. And I'm really excited to share this right now. I think the timing is perfect I feel like men across the board are beginning to wake up and come together. And one of the first things that Mark says in this interview that just lit me up when I listened back to it was that he is helping develop individuals who are contributing to something larger than just their wallet or their checkbook or their personal gain. That lights me up almost more than anything else. And that is what we're doing at Everyman. We are unlocking men to get in touch with who they really are and what they really feel and what they really want, which pretty much every single time across the board is that a man has more to give and he has more care for himself and others and the world than he's letting on. Lastly, before we drop into this conversation, I have another big announcement. This week, along with the Today Show appearance, we are launching our new website. It's everyman.com. There's an M now. E-V-R-Y-M-A-N dot com. So I'm excited to share that with you. Please log on everyman.com. If you are listening for the first time, put your email in the little window and get our newsletter. We have an insane amount of good stuff to announce for next year and for the future. We are going to be running retreats on the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, you name it. We're headed toward you soon. Also, we have an expanded list of wilderness expeditions for 2019. We got a couple in Yellowstone. We're looking at one in the Wind River Range of Wyoming. We're also looking in Northwest Montana. And we're starting to dream big too. We might be thinking about doing an everyman hunting expedition. We also might be thinking about doing an everyman yoga and surf retreat somewhere in Central America. And I won't lie to you, that's just vacation for me. Let's just go do it together. All right, that's all I got. I'm excited to share this podcast with you. Mark Devine, you can find him. Look up Seal Fit, look up Unbeatable Mind. And cheers to the future. Cheers to the growth of you and your dreams. And whatever that means for me right now, it's my family and this incredible movement we've started. Hope you enjoy the show. This one's dedicated to my wife and my sons, Duke and Jude. All right, Mark, why don't we uh, why don't we begin with just tell us a little bit about the space we're in. Where are we here today? This is our office in Carlsbad, California. Um, it's our Seal Fit and Unbeatable Mind, which are the, the two brands that we do our training. Yeah. And we have a little um, functional gym here and a little yoga studio, but it's all for really filming and our own little personal training. Got it. Got we it. used to have a really fancy training center down in Encinitas. Did you? Yeah, it was it, like... 
um, 20,000 square feet and we had our CrossFit gym and, you know, daily yoga classes and self-defense and yeah, it was quite a lot of fun, but it was a huge distraction. I'll, I'll be honest. And we never made any money. <laughs> so was, Got we, it. We shut it down. I'll be honest. I was wondering if that was what I was going to walk into today. And, um, I was going to sign the dotted line to do whatever I could. <laughs> if that, if that was the we case. don't have, um, yeah. you know, like a studio gym type setup anymore. Yeah. So we do, we do our training online or through immersive events. Yep. Primarily or through yeah. coaching. Yeah. So I will, you know, in this conversation, well, I will already have, uh, introduced you and, and, and some of your bio and who you are and your books and what you've done in your programming. Um, why don't we start with the, a question of today, at this slice of your life, what are you? What are you the most lit up by or passionate about just today, or what do you feel the most led uh, by? A couple of things. One is um, the work that we're doing with teams and corporations with mm-hmm. Unbeatable Mind is really, really cool. You know, working with executives and entrepreneurs and business leaders to help them transform themselves as leaders so that then they can help the, you know be part of a transformation of the team, mm-hmm. and then learning how to break down some rigidity in organizations so that you can have more um, communication and brutal honesty and those types of things. Yeah. And so the idea is that really my kind of passion is to develop world-centric leaders who can also, you know, leverage their warrior archetype to stand their ground and mm-hmm. to do important work in service to humanity and not just, you know, their pocketbook or for the, the shareholders. Um, we characterize that as ma- you know, mastering yourself mm-hmm. through the training, the integrated training program that we've developed called Unbeatable Mind. You master yourself, and that means you become physically strong, mentally strong, yep. emotionally developed, intuitionally mm-hmm. aware, and you know spiritually grounded in a way that's uh, meaningful for you. In a, another way, we could say that is to be integrated, like to be a yeah. whole human being, yep. and then leadership flows from that and so yes we're developing leaders but we're actually developing the person so that they can then lead or they can follow or you know yeah they can be alone and and you know be just yeah. be there's some real it's alignment critical. here I really, yeah and this is this i'm excited to to talk more now i was already but you know the the, the, <laughs> word, the language that i've been using basically what what led me to form and and be part of the team forming every man is uh I think part of what I would love to, the change I'd love to see in the world would be for men to broadly like accept that there's a spectrum of human experience right. and, and expression that we all have. And I think you just laid it all out in one sense or one way to contextualize mm-hmm. that there is the physical, the mental, the spiritual. And you had the intuitional, which I think is, yeah. um, I didn't expect that. And that's, that's really amazing. And yeah, so what we're doing, just bluntly, is saying we're trying to help men fill in the gaps. You know, culturally speaking, for men to uh, train their bodies Mm -hmm. is very acceptable. For men to study and become smarter is also quite acceptable. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's been very important for me has has been the ability to learn how to interact and relate with other people, Mm -hmm. the emotional intelligence, and the intuitional too. So Mm -hmm. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so we definitely have some alignment on that. Yeah, if you can look at it like a, um, I guess a, a matrix chart, or maybe not, that's not the right word, but a chart. If you had like a scale of one to ten, 
mm-hmm. on the left side and on the right side you said you know you had physical mental emotional intuitional and then we use the word kokoro instead of spiritual because cool. the word has a lot of cool. baggage to it the yeah. word spiritual so kokoro is a japanese word that means heart mind hmm. or merging heart and mind into your actions beautiful Right, and so that really speaks to an individual's purpose, sense of grounding, their why behind they do what they do, Mm. and being willing to stand their ground, right? Sometimes, you know, in my community of the SEALs, fighting to the death for what you believe in and and for your teammate and those types of things. So Kokoro really is about spiritual strength, but it's not Mm -hmm. a religious concept by any stretch. Um, And so anyways, back to this. So if you would, you know, be honest in a self-assessment mm. you know m- many of the guys especially probably listen to this or certainly who follow seal fit or or Unveiled mind are you know pretty high on the physical they might yeah. self-assess anywhere between six and ten yep and then mental of course you know we're so cognitively oriented most people on our side are geared toward getting a degree or mm-hmm. an advanced degree and and that generally will strengthen your cognitive capacities but it doesn't really relate to the whole mind that we're talking about. So Got most it. people are high in, on that as they understand it, but we would still say maybe there's a ton of work that we can do. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. And then as you would probably alluded to already, but most uh, men are fairly low on the emotional yep. and, and the intuitional. Yep. And the reason the intuitional is also low is the intuitional really relies on um, deep awareness, somatic awareness of the, body, of the right. feeling states of the body. Exactly. And if you don't have ability to really understand your emotional ranges and the meaning you attach to feeling, then that's generally going to block you or inhibit you from really experiencing intuitive wisdom of your body. Yeah. So I would say you'd be pretty high on physical, pretty, you know, high enough on the mental, but then you drop right to a one or two on the emotional intuitive. And then a lot of times the spiritual is only understood through, through one's church or faith. Yeah. And so for me, that puts them at like a two or a three. Yeah. Because they haven't done the deep personal meditative, introspective, contemplative, mm-hmm. self-awareness development that really, really, you know, even Jesus talked about like that is really what. He went to the desert for a reason. Right. He yeah. was a deep meditative, yeah. contemplative person. A lot of that is not really taught or found in yeah. the modern religions, you know, the way that they're yeah. taught. You know, yeah. they're ritualistic and and formulaic. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that they're bad. They're a great, yep. they're a great societal way to find meaning and whatnot but uh did you grow up in a church tradition you know my mom uh dragged us to church every sunday and sunday school and all that and i never really connected to it because i never i didn't really like the ritualistic aspect of it Mm -hmm. it wasn't Mm -hmm. a really ritual that really connected that i connected with yeah i was very inspired by the story of jesus christ and his you know example So I always felt that, more of a personal relationship there. But, you know, uh, as I've developed my own spirituality, that's extended to, like, you know, a pretty broad world-centric view of what spiritual development means for a human being. Yeah. And woman, doesn't yeah. matter. And so I've got specific, you know, views on that that we could, we could always get into. But um, it really starts with developing a personal mm-hmm. relationship with the God that's in us. Sure. <laughs> which is, you know... Yeah basically what what jesus was saying yeah yeah the word that i've been using not even publicly i guess i haven't said this but it's it's life (laughs) being connected to life yeah or whatever it is that that force life force the the spark of the divine you know that's in all of us that's you know you connect with that and it changes everything man i gotta say just as a quick aside here that uh 
through every man in the past year and a half um and i guess before that but i've been connecting with special forces operators and veterans mm-hmm. specifically uh professionally here and i i think that there and i don't this may not be, i can't make any broad general statements here but the but the depth and the and the roundedness and the fullness of the life experience and, mm-hmm. the, and the openness that I've found amongst, uh, well, I mean, just here, sitting mm-hmm. meeting you for the first time, and other men too, is really remarkable. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it's it does not, something. To, it's not it, what most people expect. No, and certainly not what's depicted in media no. and TV. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the average special operator does have to develop themselves along those five mountains we talked about. Yeah, or else they just don't make it on the team, or they don't stay on the team. Right. And the emotional development that a, a male goes through in those intimate team bonding, you know, yeah. that intimate team relationship where you literally love another individual so much that you're, you're willing to lay down your life. I mean, that is uncommon. Yeah. And so that yeah. makes everything else different, yeah. right? The way you, you know, we have the saying, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So we pay attention to these extraordinary details that most human beings don't have to because our lives depend upon it. Right. Over time, that developmentally really changes the yeah. individual yeah I, and i don't know why it has struck me so much but well it, i can i'll we'll, we'll just touch on this for a second then we'll go on to other things but i do want to say it that i i feel like um so I, I got my start professionally by leading groups of young men on therapeutic wilderness trips nice. for Beautiful. for many years and um and i feel like that set uh, it set my life course in in an to in an inquiry and even I would say obsession into first of all practically why these young men were hurting so much mm-hmm. and why they were having a hard time assimilating and um, anyway I, I started to really pay attention to the cultural perspective on manhood and on masculinity and what and, and even not using those terms so much but what it was that men were attracted to mm-hmm. and special operators were simply no matter what something men were attracted to yeah and now at this modern stage, heroes right? exactly but at this stage of my life now finding the reality of what that is a i get it more but b i like the fact that the spectrum can be filled out mm-hmm. and that men can look at these heroes and see that their heroes have a flaws. emotions right. flaws vulnerabilities yeah. spirituality connection right. with other human they value these things i think this is so huge it's it's like i feel like men need to see this and i feel like it'd be such a no matter who you are and what you do i mean humans have equal parts awesomeness and equal part fucked up you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) myself included right so it's 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 the whole point is the daily um daily showing up and trying to do your best and learning from your mistakes and not avoiding the challenges but Mm -hmm. racing toward them for the growth and the learning and the opportunity, you know, and doing that with the team because, you know, I'd way rather overcome a massive hardship with the team by my side. And I love going to battle with my teammates who've got my back than doing it alone. For a lot of of guys, they never learn that. They never learn how to be a good teammate. You know, we're taught that staunch individualism, we have to do it. We got this ourselves. And our whole, whole entire educational system is set up that way. The competition is designed to pit me against my fellow yeah. individual yeah. And, and if they win then I'm I'm not good I'm yeah. a loser right mm-hmm. and the academic is you know you've got to individually learn this stuff 
and uh, we're going to rank you, yep. right, based upon how good you are individually. And there's no sense of team in that at all. And then these people get out into the workforce and they wonder why the hell yeah. their teams are all breaking down and they're all backstabbing and triangulating and having these horrific you know, drama that sucks about 80% of the energy out of the workforce. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way, but, it, you know. Yeah. So, so when did you... I just painted a pretty bleak picture of you, well, at least did, Western society. You did, but there's, there's real relevance <laughs> to it, and there's, there's real accuracy to it. I feel like the... I mean, the other sort of conundrum there, or interesting thing, is that the heroes that most men look to, be it uh, a sports star <laughs> or a SEAL, mm-hmm. are on teams. Like that's True. their life, right? They, right. They, they live amongst a team structure, and yet I feel like that piece of information is often overlooked. True that somehow. You know? Yeah, that's why we call it the SEAL teams. Yeah, it's not the SEAL individual. Yeah. And um, one of the terms that I started using a while ago to try to explain to people how it worked for us is that the SEALs are extremely competitive, mm-hmm. but we didn't compete at the expense of our teammate. Got it. So we call it coopetition. Right. An example of how that would work is like, hey, you know, hey, guys, let's go out for a little run. You know, we had a we had a rough one yesterday, so we'll take it easy. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of like an internal wink and a nod because we all know that that's not going to happen. Right. Because as soon as you start off, you know, like, okay, you know, and then Joe starts to pick up the pace a little bit. Then so you pick up the pace and then all of a sudden Steve to the other side of you is, you know, he's picking up the pace and he's in the front. Next thing you know, you're all at a full out sprint for six miles. And you just want to get the damn thing over with. You don't care who's yeah. winning. Right. You right. just know that every one of you is going to be stronger right. as a result of that. What I hear in that is that it's plugged into a, a larger purpose for right. sure. I mean, it's, it's to yeah. cultivate yourself fully so that you can be a, the best teammate. There, the best, right? best teammate so yeah. that we can together get the mission done. Yeah. You know, because if I show up weak, then I'm going to compromise the team. Mm-hmm. And so conversely my teammate i don't want him to show up weak yeah because he's going to compromise me so we all got to master ourselves yeah in harmony in cooperation so yeah. that then we can go kick ass and take names in the mission mm-hmm. right and learn from that and then you know whatever lessons we learn we come back in to yeah. bring it back in to become better teammates well and i i just think you, you you spoke the word that strikes more fear in the hearts of men in this society than anything that's weak a man yeah. does not want to be weak. He not want to be seen as weak. Yeah. So I'm curious is, so how does that, um, how do you contextualize that within the spectrum of, of uh, what we do? Yeah. Yeah. With, so with well, the Kokoro and the other parts. Okay. So yeah. it's really about a, a more complete understanding of what strength and weakness is. Beautiful. Right. And so in one of the sayings, it, you know, if you want to, would you rather be the oak or the reed? when the tsunami comes probably the reed yeah the reed the reed's just gonna bend over and let the water pass over it and and then it pops back up you know when everything is done whereas the oak is ripped right out of the ground and sent down river or whatever so if you if you if you just look at strength as being the oak like the mighty oak like tons of examples of this for our kokoro camp which is for the listener 50 hours of non-stop physical mental emotional training Mm -hmm. led by navy seals Mm -hmm. who are trained and certified by us but they're also navy seal instructors so they put thousands and thousands of people through seal training so many people show up as oaks you know Mm -hmm. bodybuilders or just these hardcore you know i've been you know i've been just physically training my own and proving how good i am or how strong i am and they get crushed almost immediately because we set it up. We know these people right away. We can, we can ferret it out just by the way they look and the way they walk and the way they show up. Yeah. And the, the drills and the exercises are set up so that you can't accomplish them alone. 
You have to ask for help. Got it. You have to surrender your ego and say, you know what? I can't do this. I need help. And if you can't figure that out, then you get torched, right? <laughs> That's Often so funny quit. you say that. So You need to learn to be the reed and the right. oak at the same time. The, the, so the, the wilderness programs I led for the longest amount of time is for the Minnesota Department of Corrections. And they were 21-day wilderness trips uh, for adjudicated kids, so nice. kids that were locked up. And the very first experiential uh, drill we ran them through was designed to show them they had to ask for help immediately. We blindfolded them. There was like this tree maze they had to get through, and there's actually no way to get through it. All they actually ever had to do was raise their hand and say, I need some help. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's, yeah, I love it. I get it. Um, no, I love that. Yeah, that strength is not one simple uh, and also you can look at this along those five domains we talked about there's physical strength then there's yeah. mental strength then there's emotional strength then there's intuitive strength then there's spiritual strength mm-hmm. we want them all to be strong mm-hmm. and you often know which one to use at the right time mm-hmm. right and so if you're yep. you know if, if you're finished with a mission and let's say one of your teammates like radically screwed up and almost got you killed mm-hmm. right and then you're in the debrief leveraging your physical strength is going to get you nowhere fast. Right. But that's like the caveman thing to do, you know, yeah. is to haul off and punch the guy. And you might even see that on TV as the response. And that's sure. going to get you nowhere fast, get kicked off the team. Yeah. That's the time to develop or to tap into your emotional strength, yeah. which is basically, you know, putting yourself in the perspective of that other person. Realize that they know they screwed up. Yeah. And they're hurt and they're waiting to get hammered. Yeah. And to be humble enough to say, you know what? I was there once and this is what I saw and, you know, here's i'm not happy about what happened but i'm okay with it we have some noise going on here. it's all right do you well, think we yeah. can get through that we can totally get through it yeah because we might go out and ask them to stop it sounds like a blower sounds like a blower i'm actually cool with it my, my podcast is is <laughs> got all on, sorts on of site on. all the time we'll do we'll, yeah okay. and it's it's part of the ethos so it's all good yeah we we'll consider like some tough guys chopping a tree down out there which <laughs> might happen not one of ours though yeah yeah, so which, you know, yeah. are you, do we, is it time to surrender and, and uh, rely on your emotional strength or is it time to rely on your physical strength? You know, if I'm right. kicking a door down, I'm not going to talk to the enemy about his emotions or no. about, you know, I'm going to use the physical one. No. And then, you know, when it's a real crisis to go back to the spiritual and say, okay, why is this happening? Mm. Is maybe I'm out of alignment. This is mm. a big one for me. It's like, Every, I ask all my clients, like, be asking every day, am I in alignment yeah. with my purpose, my God-given purpose, and what I'm passionate about and what I'm principled about? And there's yeah. a, there's a, when all three of those overlap, there's a center point. That's your target. And the th- I think that's worth saying again. Repeat that again. The three. The three are, pur- yeah. what's your purpose? So it takes purpose. time to, th- yeah. you know, we have a whole process for helping people yeah. understand their purpose. But I believe yeah. that everyone has a unique purpose. But it's really yeah. experienced archetypally. Yeah. It's not experiences like, my purpose is to be a Navy SEAL commander. Right. That, that's a job that I had. Right. It's a role that I filled yeah. to align with my purpose of being a warrior and a leader and to now teach warriors yeah. and leaders. Yeah. And so everyone might have an archetypal, you know, an archetypal yeah. purpose. Like yours obviously yeah. is probably pretty clear to you. Yeah. Right? So, to, I mean, crazy to teach clear. emotional development to yeah, men. Exactly. But, you know. Or to be that would show up as a teacher, but then because mm-hmm. of who you are and your life experiences and your passions and the principles, mm-hmm. then it points toward, you know, t- 
teaching yeah. men to align and to have emotional strength. Yeah. Okay, well, there's a career there. There's something the yeah. world needs, right? There's a way to get paid. Yeah. You're fortunate enough to have figured it all out and put it all together and to be able to do what you love to do in alignment with your purpose, passion, and principles. What's better? You're on target, <laughs> right? You're on target. No, nothing. Every day when you wake up, yeah. you say, look at your task list and your, yeah. your plan. Say, is today, is what I've already agreed to do today <laughs> yeah. in alignment with those three? Yeah. And you can go, yeah, podcast with Mark Devine, check. Yeah. Uh, some other things, exactly. check, check, check. Exactly. But then there might be one thing. You're like, how did this, you know, uh, 18 rounds of golf show up on my schedule? Mm. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of agreed to that over beers a week ago. And now I'm pretty clear that's not going to be worth my time today. Yep. It's not in alignment. Yeah. And so you make that phone call or you say, you know what, sorry, I can't make it or something like that. If everyone does it every morning and aligns, man, then you always know why you're doing what you're doing. You always know, yeah. you know, the right answer usually was no when something else comes up uh, and you learn to say no you start collecting yeah. no's because 90 percent of the shit that comes at us is not in alignment totally i love yeah. it and the, uh, to tie another thing together which is the intu intuitional which is based on a somatic or, or a, right. a felt sense for me at this point it's that when something when i begin to engage in something that's not in alignment i get a very get strong a hit, right? i get a hit for so sure. fast so clear and i don't know it's um you know, I think it's been in development for a long time, but yeah, I, that feeling of, of alignment, I don't know what is better than that. Or just, I, I think it's everything. Than, like right? it's so critical for everyone listening to figure out yeah. what they're doing on this planet. <laughs> you don't have much time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is not yeah. you get one one and done unless you believe yoga and you know sure. Buddhism that will get another shot or maybe millions of them. Which sure. I, I tend to believe that because of yeah. the law of karma and and you know some of the nuances and things that have happened in my life. But um, you know we come into this world for a specific reason and that is to learn mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and to do things. And the doing of those things helps us learn the things that we're mm. supposed to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's aligned with, like I said, the, the unique body that we have, the, mm. you know, the, the, the physical skills, the mental capacities, the, you know, the sense of, you know, whether you're creative or, you know, more of a hands-on kind of person. Sure. And everyone just feels this sense. Like, yeah. you know, my son is like, he loves cars. He loves working with his hands. He can't stand certain other things that, yeah. That's great, you know, so part of that is epigenetic, part of that is his environment, but part of it is his, mm -hmm. you know, unique calling or purpose or what the Buddhists would call your dharma. Yeah, absolutely. You know? What, uh, jumping ahead here, kind of changing topics just a little bit, but not really, what percentage of, uh, of the folks that you work with or have worked with through, through the spectrum of your programming are, are male or female? Is it, is it, I would guess it's mostly men. Well, because... I started with seal fit and right. training okay. seal spec ops candidates. It, you know, it's always been up until now, 75 to 80% male. Got it. And now with unbeatable mind and Kokora yoga, we're starting to see a lot more females. And you know, yeah. one of our objectives is to have an equal yeah. number of men, women, and, and people from all walks of life because the training we do really is accessible to everybody. Yeah but it still has a little bit of that kind of edge to it because of the seal fit background and totally everyone thinks I'll oh, mark divine Navy seal commander. They're going to kick my ass. And the reality is, no, I'm going to teach you how to move. I'm going to teach yep. you how to think. I'm going to, you yep. know, eradicate 
weak stories and replace yeah. it with powerful stories so you can be a warrior and a leader and in whatever capacity you live in life if you're a stay-at-home mom then you want to be a warrior and a leader with your kids a yeah. protector and uh, an educator you yeah. know what i mean if you're an entrepreneur or a leader then i want your organization your team to be thinking about world-centric warrior and leadership protecting the environment for all of us because if you don't do it corporations have such a massive responsibility because of yeah. a the damage they've done not everyone but you know historically sure and b the potential because of the wealth accumulation and the, the accumulation of human resources a people yeah to i think more than any other entity you know it's it's corporate interests that can change the world mm. and those corporate interests are led by human beings yeah. so you, those human beings change and connect to their heart and begin to think have care and concern for all of humanity and mother earth then you'll start to see things change because they'll then they'll lead their organizations to develop the teams and the people to have that same yeah. mindset the missions mm -hmm. and the you know will be organized for that mindset and <laughs> until that, until we have literally a billion people working for corporations who are thinking that way, you're not going to see much change. It doesn't matter how much they talk about it at the UN or, you know, world leaders. I couldn't agree more. Do you feel, do you have any sense of optimism in that, in that, in, in like in the big spectrum? I do. I do. do. I see yeah. a lot of uh, social entrepreneurs organizing their, you know, unicorn companies with those type of save the world missions. I think Got that's it. really promising. I think the diffusion of knowledge, you know, mm. the internet has allowed concepts like yoga and um, integral theory and Buddhism and these yeah. Eastern concepts that are um, world-centric care and concern-oriented to be spread throughout the world and to be, for the first time ever in thousands of years, accessible to everyone with the, with the touch of a finger. Yeah. And the old notion that you need a guru or a spiritual guide or a church to be a whole person to find, you know, God or whatever, like yeah. we talked about earlier, that's also broken down. People yeah. are realizing that that was kind of a myth. Yeah. Know? And um, so I am actually very optimistic, probably at the exact moment when we're seeing the greatest challenge in the next five to 10 years come. So I think that's going to be a lot of chaos. I think we're, we're looking at war really in our future. Yeah. I think we're looking at another economic you know, crisis. And on the other side of that, that's, that's going to add a lot of fuel to the fire to people like you and I and mm. others who are doing this work to get the word out more, to train more people, yeah. organizational leaders to start taking this stuff seriously, not look at it like a hack for peak performance, you know, right, right. and yeah. to get moving on this, right? Yeah. Get moving. That's yeah. So how do you contextualize like the work you do? I mean, I, I see, see it's very so, clear. It's, it's not so, a hack just to be, just to like no, have no, more no. success. Well, what's the no. bigger picture? I mean, you know, to me, everyone has a responsibility to make not just their life better, but all yeah. life better. But at the same time, it has to start with the individual. Just like Gandhi said, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. Yeah. So first be the change yeah. and then we'll see it in the world. I just had a, <laughs> I had like about a minute and a half ago, I just had a, a brief like moment of like, do you, I wonder if are we, have we moved into a, an era where labeling things like this as hippie or woo woo or hippie dippy, are we just past that? I, I guess maybe so. I'm hoping so. Do you think we I are? think so. I think there's still some new age, uh, spiritual egoism and yeah. we see that a lot going on. Okay. One of the, um, teachings that we have is that people develop through certain stages 
yeah. select stages of consciousness. And that's sure. how we rely on, you know, developmental psychology. And mm-hmm. one of my mentors, Ken Wilber, talks about this quite a bit. But we call them five plateaus. Oh, I didn't know Ken Wilber was. Yeah, he's big on oh, developmental cool. psychology. Yeah. So yeah. You, there's levels, lines, there's states, yeah. there's quadrants in the, yeah. you know, in the I love very model. Love that's tremendous. So, you know, my five plateaus are this. First plateau is really about instinctual survival and mm-hmm. this is like a you know if you're in S- syria right now you don't have a choice right you're going to be living at the first plateau even if you have the ability to be at the flip plateau which i think most people do but a lot of people can get stuck because of their emotional development sure so if you're not you know if you had trauma or if you really are in survival mode because of you know of shame or yeah. you know something that really is holding you back then you're probably in a survival yeah. instinctual you know yeah. and the way you think and the way you act is going to be very very self-centered just because yep. every day when you show up it's like you're putting the gloves on and you might have to fight for your life second stage is um really that of the protector um the ultra conservative conformist you know mm-hmm. and you're going to see bureaucrats and um people who just love to be in thickly organized systems system yeah yeah sure. like a lot of my military team and these, again these are not judgmenting or ranking people yeah but these are like just expressions of yeah. develop development and so people who are super comfortable and spend 20 or 30 years in bureaucracies most of our federal government yeah. that's second stage sure. <clears throat> that's the protector protecting the status quo sure and that includes protecting other people if you're a military and a first responder so yeah. again there's a lot of good but you can also get stuck there. Then the third uh, plateau is the achiever. This is really the entrepreneur, the executive, yeah. you know, and this is like 40% yeah. of America is the achiever. Yeah. I've got to go achieve. But it's still, it's more ethnocentric than egocentric, but there's still a lot of egocentric achievers out there. Yeah. And of course, there's world-centric achievers, but, you know, the point is achievement for the sake of achievement has um, done, brought a lot of advancement, but also a lot of destruction. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth plateau, this is where the spiritual egotism comes in. Fourth plateau is the sensitive pluralist type, right? The, the individual who wants to save the world, but will demonize anybody who doesn't believe them. Sure. Or share their views. Sure. Right? So you what see you that see on Facebook most every day. Most Facebook, yeah. you know, yeah. memes are that way. A lot of the liberal establishment extremes yeah. are that way. They're not integrated because they don't care about those people who are, you know, at those other plateaus. They totally. think they're weak yeah. or evil. That's wrong. Yeah, or stupid. Or stupid, or something, right. Something so you see, you see a ton of second, third, and fourth plateau just battling it out in this country. Yeah. And then, because uh, most of the country is in those, is in that, those three. <clears throat> yeah. The fifth plateau we call integrated. Imagine that, right? Yeah. You're integrated. You're, yeah. Integra- you're working on yourself. You're trying to you know, evolve yourself to the highest, uh, highest capacity that you have, the greatest potential you have to serve as a human in this lifetime. And at that level, you begin to have world-centric care and concern for mm. all humans, all plants, animals, and Mother Earth, beyond that even to the cosmos. And um, Wilbur calls it cosmocentric. So the fifth plateau is the only plateau where you can draw and kind of ride the elevator down to the other plateaus and access yep. the healthy protector in Mark Divine, you know, and I, I'll a- access the healthy achiever, right? Sure. I'm achieving sure. for the benefit of your ham- humanity. Is that yeah. going to put some money in my bank? Sure. Yeah. But it gives me more money to then invest, invest back in the company mm-hmm. to, you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So my, my achiever self is expressed from the world centric fifth plateau person. Yeah. And, and do, you, do you feel, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm guessing your answer, but in terms of any individual, if they're listening to this and they're like, oh, shit, you yeah. know, Uh-oh. I'm on two or I'm on one <laughs> or I'm partly on three, um, 
I have a very optimistic viewpoint. Do you see people, humans, growing through this in, yes. a, in a lifetime, in five years, in a year? Like For what? sure. Yeah. When you take a deliberate approach to your own development, yeah. you ascend to the fifth plateau fairly quickly. Got I mean, it. is it in months? No, but it yeah. can it be in a year or two? I think so. Yeah. Um, because you become integrated and whole. Yeah. Now, remember, this isn't a judgmental thing, but you can get stuck, right? Your society yeah. can stick you. A lot of people are stuck because of their culture or the family they were brought up in or some emotional thing. Yeah. You know, like if I had stayed in my family of origin and was back home at the family business, I'd probably be still in a you know, <laughs> second, third plateau with sure. a very egocentric, you know, my family, my, yeah. you know, my business yeah. type of approach. But when I broke out and like travel and like yeah. radical new experiences and living in another country and learning about other cultures all really help accelerate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doing the integrated practices of meditation, contemplation, mm-hmm. connecting with that, you know, the spiritual side of us, which yeah. that experience is, wow, we all have that. Right. Your consciousness and my yeah. consciousness are a lot alike, yeah. even though you and I, you know, look very different. We so, have very different interests. And yeah. so we all, we have this kind of aspect of ourselves when you do that work that we really are all the same. We all have yeah. desires and wishes. We all want to survive. We want the best, but you know, then we come out of that and we contract into our limited self, our yep. ego self, and we say, well, no, I'm different. I'm Mark Devine. I, you know, I'm a Navy SEAL, and mm-hmm. I'm a this, and I'm a that. And anytime you're using an I statement, mm-hmm. you've contracted into ego, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So fifth plateau thinking allows you to every day disengage from the I ego and to see the world from other perspectives and others perspectives, which gives you great respect for all of humanity. And this is critical. I think we all, you know, this is where we change, Mm -hmm. you know, the closest I ever saw that again, I'll I'll reference him again as Gandhi and he, and the Indians uh, continent, which, you know, had really, really brought up in, a much more spiritually grounded practices and principles instead of material. Right. There's beauty in both. You know, the material world is not wrong, but it's incomplete. Yeah. And the spiritual, just living with spiritual principles is not wrong, but it's incomplete. Yeah. The integration of East and West and these five plateaus, um, you know, can really have a profound effect on, yeah. you know, the way we live, I think. In- so I am optimistic. But Amazing. I know it's not going to be pretty, and I know that. Right. You know, even so, let's say twenty percent of the world population is world centric. Yay! Well, high five. Guess what? You know, yeah, we're still dealing with karma. We're still dealing with countries that are are run by despots. There's still going to be conflict, but maybe at least we can get rid of the existential threats of global warming and nuclear weapons and all that kind of crap. God, I'm happy to, to get, hear you get say rid that. of the crap that like yeah. could nuke humanity. Yeah, and and you know we'll work out the skirmishes. Give us you know, a chance as they arise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. That's amazing to hear. So, for for men who might be hearing and interested, what do you see as? I, I shared before we started recording that uh, I would love to do your Kokoro Yoga teacher training nice. at some point. Yeah, like, I, like, and especially after this conversation, like I'm in all the way in. Boom. And uh, what access points? So, in in reference to the five plateaus and all this. Are you, do you still find that the physical strength or the physical realm is where most people are finding the first step into this world or are people start, or is it, I mean, I know the unbeatable mind mm-hmm. is huge too. So what, I mean, what do you feel? Is it just whatever someone is drawn to as an in or what is a good way yeah. in? So there's three ways that we present our, this integrated training. Yeah. 
as you alluded to. One is the hardcore, that's seal fit, and the yep. training is we call crucible training. Yep. Like it's yeah. the the hardest, hottest fire you could step into, and it'll it'll transform you very quickly. Yep. You got to be ready for that though. You know, so most people will train, and some people that's all they want at this stage of their development. Some people it's the end of a journey. So. It's it's one it's one learning modality, mm. right? It's totally immersive. There's a lot of suffering. You overcome the suffering with your team and through skillful means of training and and then the tools that we give you at the um you know at the training itself for mental and emotional control. Powerful, powerful. But it's not for everybody, you know. Yeah. Especially for a lot of women, they don't they're not you know drawn toward that. So the other side of the spectrum is Kokoro yoga. Got it. Now, Kokoro Yoga still uses that term Kokoro. Like Kokoro Camp means, you know, 50 hours, we're gonna, you're going to meet yourself for the first time, and that's going to be your heart and mind merged in action with your team. Kokoro Yoga is the daily personal practice mm-hmm. where you meet yourself for the first time mm-hmm. through an integration of movement, breath, concentration, visualization, and meditation. Yeah. And then we integrate all those into select practices. And you learn how to do the training on your own, 5 to 55 minutes a day. Yep. Um, usually in the morning, but you know, whenever you need to. And, um, cause we know that people have a lot of, a lot of commitments and mm-hmm. we, I'm not want someone to have to go to another yoga studio or martial arts right. studio. And a, I, there was a time when I had three memberships, martial arts, yoga, yeah. and a gym. And I was like <laughs> juggling these schedules and yeah. cost a lot of money. And so I just integrated it all into one thing. I love it. And it's really powerful. And so that we've have a lot of women who come like over half the attendees at this year's teacher training were mm-hmm. women. We have the online training with about a thousand people in it right now who are following along in a 30 day free challenge that then, you know, you can go into the online training and you just do, you do the videos It's myself and yeah. my stepdaughter, Catherine divine. And then we have other certified teachers who provide, you know, it's an integration of Tai Chi and uh, you know, traditional yoga poses mm-hmm. along with a lot of breath, visualization, meditation, concentration, so that's cool. Yeah, and so yeah. some people are, are, are like, oh, well, I've got the, the hardcore physical. My exercise program is solid. I know how to eat. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. getting good rest. And all those fundamentals are taken care of. Yeah. Maybe I'm a former military guy. I don't really need seal fit. But yeah. Kokoro Yoga, yeah, I get that. Because I'm going right. to have a long-term program of taking great care mm-hmm. of my body-mind system. Yeah. And then... The third is unbeatable mind, and that really is for the executive entrepreneur, Got it. business leader. And I'm trying, that's more of a, we call it a three-sphere approach, where we look at the individual in the context of the team, yeah. in the organization. And how do, we, how do we align those three for development along those plateaus, so that the whole organization is a fifth plateau, world-centric company. Can I sign up for all three today? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's so, it's give you so a special deal. Like, yeah, it's I, uh, been a labor of love. You know, I, yeah. this all started with yeah. Seal Fit, and then yeah. I wrote, you know, I wrote the book that became the kind of like the training journal or the training manual for Seal Fit. It's called Eight Weeks of Seal Fit. That was the New yeah. York Times bestseller because I told a story about how to live an integrated life and how to be strong. Yeah. But it's also a full exercise regimen. It's pretty kick-ass. Nice. And then um, the Kokoro Yoga, there's a book around that because yeah. the, the publisher said, hey, you know, you were teaching yoga to seals. Can you write a book on that? And we're like, I guess so. Beautiful. Why not? And that became the whole program. And then the way of the seal is my treatise on how to think and lead like, a na- like an elite Navy seal. Mm-hmm. And then Unbeatable Mind is really about this. And I'm working on the next version of that for um, to think about like it, it, if we could write the book that we wish we had when we were just graduating college. Yeah. That's what I'm writing right now. 
really beautiful. calling it uncommon. Awesome. <laughs> I was going to call it launch, and, and uh, I don't know. Uh, there's too many other books titled launch. So awesome. the idea is like, really, how do you develop um, focus on, you know, positive focus on the right thing in your life? Yeah. How do you overcome fear? Yeah. How do you deal with the stress? Yeah. You know, how do you, you know, feed the courage wolf and, yeah. you know, develop, what habits should I develop that are, you know. The life stuff that rarely gets taught. Yeah. Yeah. How do important. I take control and integrate yeah. as an 18, 20 year old? What, I don't want to wait until I'm 40 when things aren't working. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, just to personalize it at the, at the end here. Yeah. So a snapshot of me, I'm 36, about to have my second child. I'm right in the midst nice. of, of the entrepreneurial journey of like building my dream right. home, work home. It's exciting. And like, you know, so the, <laughs> it, it, it all lights me up right now. And from a very real place. So, you know, the, the, the unbeatable mind part lights me up because of what I'm doing. The Kokoro lights me up because uh, just because I have been deeply immersed in contemplative practices for 10 years. And it's nice. a big part of my life. And I also love to suffer with men. I've, mm-hmm. I, I'll just say teams. I love to. I've done that for a good portion of my life, and, and I miss that. And mm-hmm. and I'm also kind of like a and a, I have an injured shoulder, and I'm sort of a fat dad right now. And I just kind of <laughs> want all of it, like like you know. So I I couldn't I couldn't be more lit up. And I'm so um, I'm just honored to meet you, and I love this conversation, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been yeah. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Thank good you. Good luck with your new arrival. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? It is a boy, and it'll be my second boy. Second boy. Yeah. Any awesome. Last thoughts or last last? Well, let me let me do this. If you could download one understood and felt, I don't know, either learning or experience that you had. If you could just like matrix that shit into listeners' lives. If there's one thing that that they could immediately just have or get, what would that be? <laughs> That's awesome. Um. Everything, when it comes to um, getting control of your life, everything starts with a breath. Mm. The breath is the link or the bridge between your physiology, your physical being, Mm. your psychology, your mental being, Mm. and your spirituality or your spiritual being. So we, we take the breath, take control of it, slow it down, breathe through the nose, and begin to control the breath. And I have a practice we call box breathing, which is a way to do that. And first is experiencing experience at the physical level to mm-hmm. manage our stress and to get us, de-stress us, bring mm-hmm. us back into balance, which is extraordinary in and of itself, like lifetime benefit yeah. right there. Yeah. But then uh, secondarily, after uh, maybe two weeks or you know, for some people a lot quicker, it begins to be experienced primarily as a psychological practice of calming and balancing the mind and allowing you to focus mm-hmm. and concentrate and connect with your witnessing self which will you know which is the inner deeper spiritual self and then that practice when done over a long period of time every day you know five to 20 minutes just like clockwork every morning becomes you know it's it's a practice of total transformation and that leads to everything else that leads to wanting to move the body you know leads to the emotional development because you know the breath moves the emotions just like it moves the mind and That's the one thing. Like, what an extraordinarily simple yeah. thing. Beautiful. Take control of your breath, you'll take control of your life. All right, we're ending on that. Thank you. Booyah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. I want to remind you again of our upcoming events. The first one is Race Brook Lodge. This is our open source retreat, December 7th through 9th. 
2018. It's about sold out. Uh, really, if you want to get to that one, you're going to have to act quickly. And then we have more events live on our site, everyman.com, E-V-R-Y-M-A-N.com. We have a new and improved social media team. We are launching. We are coming at you. So I want you to go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and keep an eye out. Spread the word. Come to our events. Start a group. Let's do this.